On this episode, we smoke the thin white line from Fat Boy's Cigars. This six and a half by 54 Nicaraguan Puro features a delicious Nicaraguan Habano wrapper, and we are pairing it with some Rise and Grind from 2C Premium Coffee, 2CPremium.com. Thanks, Teresa, for sending this by in our Christmas packet. Enjoy pairing both of these. I'm your host, Johnny Midas, and you're listening to Birdline Podcast. Birdline Podcast. The burn line on a well-crafted cigar is straight and sharp as a razor, much like our wit and wisdom. And what's up, everybody? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages over the age of 21, coming to you not live, as always, from the hot box, the smoky back room where deals are struck and fortunes are made, adjacent to the Blanco Cigar Lounge, nestled among the complex of rooms that comprise Union Cigar, Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA, the only Blanco Cigar Lounge in North America. This is Burn Line Podcast. I'm Johnny Midas. And I'm Angel El Fumo Solario. What's up, Angel? How are we doing this morning? We're doing a uh, little wet, I guess, and slushy. Mm. <laughs> yep, we got the uh, first snow of the year, and it's already getting rained out, and we've got all kinds of cool stuff uh, on the show today. Um, first things first, I brought some Johnny might have shit to show you. Oh, yeah. So I know what that is. <laughs> first of all, what is possibly the most Johnny Midas cigar ever made? Take a look at that. That is a Rocky Patel Conviction. That is one hell of a box. It is a square tubo that is gold. <laughs> now, it comes cello wrapped. I took the cello off because you know my hate-love relationship with cello wrapped cigars. Oh, yeah. So... That's what it looks like, though, on the inside. Typical Rocky, lots and lots of band, acres and acres of band, but it's gold. Yeah. That's a nice and, box uh, press, too. It is. It's one of those oval box presses. It looks really well-aged, and that's about it. There's not really a lot of uh, branding on it. Very expensive cigar. Can't wait to smoke that one. And we got the... This is the Van Gogh from... The El Septimo uh, Sacred Art Collection. Yep. So we smoked the Botticelli on the show, which was an interesting cigar. Um, that I is a lot of stick. It is a lot of stick. I'll bet you that's over three hours, just like oh the last Oh, my. Time. Yeah. Um, I've had two different people in two different states tell me that this is their new favorite cigar. Nice. I like the way it looks. Yeah. It just looks so cool. It's like a ginormous Salamone. That's like, what, seven and a half inches? I think it's an eight. Yeah. I want to say it's an eight. Figurado, yeah, Salmon. Yeah. I love the banding. That, that's just cool looking. That's The top band is Johnny yeah. Midas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's a good looking cigar. And uh, if it's constructed as well as the last one, I'm going to enjoy it. And then I just, this is my uh, Fuente, uh, this is a Chateau Fuente double, which is why it's like, Twice as long as a regular yeah. Chateau Fuente uh, in the natural. So all three of those are a little bit more than what you would smoke anyway. Um, the Chateau Fuente, like, Fuente's kind of my go-to smoke. Yeah. Um, so that fits it. The other two are, I'm going to smoke the Botticelli. I'm not actually going to smoke the Rocky. Yeah. You're just I just gonna got it for how it looks, yeah. Collection. Yeah, I get and that. And check this unopened, still in the cello, 30th anniversary mm. Perdomo. Uh, sun-grown Robustos. Oh, yeah. So I don't even know if I'm going to open that. I'm just going to throw that in the humidor, 
look at it wistfully from time to time. Now, I had the uh, 30th anniversary of Maduro. Yeah. Gusto, real good. Yeah, so uh, the Perdomo Facebook page sharing some stuff about it. Definitely would like to get some. Yeah, I'll probably uh, hang on to it for yeah. a few years and then resell it. You know, something like that. So. All right. Um, so we're smoking the uh, Fat Boy Cigars Boots on the Ground series, Thin White Line. And uh, it's got the uh, black string that sort of uh, mimics the boots that first responders wear. And uh, it has the usual dog tag shaped uh, black label, you know, the white stripe. Yep. Um, it's, it's good looking. You know, it's the same as the Thin Red Line that we smoked on here. Uh, before in terms of the the branding but it's just really i don't know it's just different you know nobody else is doing something like this it really yeah. stands out uh one thing we mentioned last time is uh the back of the tag is a great place to put a little note um there's all kinds of things you can do with that so uh that is down over the top of this uh cello and this stick comes with one of those flat, uh, flat pigtails, similar to, you know, the the one that you twist up and clip off, just like a bahike, as opposed to the really curly-tailed one, like you see on your, uh, I don't know, like your Carreras or something. Yeah, some of the EP, uh, no, not EP. Oh man, Esteban Carreras. Esteban Carreras. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. A, Wrapped around and around and around, you know the button pigtail. Yeah, I'm gonna. I call, I call this a flat pigtail. <clears throat> Should we try what Francisco said? Chew on it while we smoke. You do whatever you want. That <laughs> doesn't sound like something I want to do. Maybe uh, you do that, and I, I do. I could try. It. Yeah, smoke it like a normal person. <laughs> and <then> we, <laughs> well, technically, that is normal. I mean, he is the guy. Like, technically, he, it's normal. Is he? Are you? So you're saying he's normal? He's just a guy. <laughs> that's, that's no, not just a guy, but. So you heard it here first. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, give it a shot. So close foot. It is a closed foot, yes. And it has that flat pigtail top. Uh, Really good looking, uh, you know, kind of natural wrapper on this one. Um, That is a good looking wrapper. It's lightly oiled. A little shiny. Yeah, a little shiny. A little natural looking. Yes, it's pretty good looking. I don't see. Uh, there's a little speckles right here. Be yeah. interested to see how that uh, if that affects the burn at all. Yeah, uh, I got a little loose right there already. Yep, little little loose. Um, but overall, the presentation is is pretty solid. The uh, closed foot is cool. Yeah, like it's that. a good looking cigar. Look, very veiny. Yeah, yeah. It's not like a Connecticut broadleaf, but it's it's veiny. Uh, why don't we go ahead and cut and light these, and while we're smoking on them, we can talk about it a little bit more. All right. So I've got my uh, Drew Estate uh, close-ended double guillotine. Um, probably not the best choice for a cigar with a pigtail like this. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of guys rock around one uh, one cutter, <laughs> and so I'm going to use yeah. this and pretend i don't have three other cutters in my bag that i could use instead that's right uh, that's the right cutter to use for the job and what have you got so i'm using a vertigo large gauge which is a 70 gauge double guillotine open-ended cutter 
Yeah. I've had this for a while. Very trusting. Man, this thing is still sharp. I've had this for a few years now. And, and it's a it's a double guillotine um, open-ended. Yep. Plastic body. You know, simple. Straight to the point, straight cut. Plastic blades. <laughs> no. No? Metal? Okay. No. All right. So why don't we go ahead and uh, get this cigar cut. The official cutting is brought to you by Fat Boy Cigars. The bold and delicious flavors of premium hand-selected tobacco leaves are highlighted in the original Jacked Cigar by Fat Boy Cigars. And don't forget to try the new Fat Boy Cigars Boots on the Ground series. For every cigar you purchase in this series, Fat Boy Cigars will donate $1 to charities benefiting our frontline heroes. Fat Boy Cigars, welcome to the Fat Boys world. And as always, we remind you to clip that cigar with authority. No limp-wristed cutting allowed. And it did take two uh, clips on my end. <laughs> it took, yeah, two. And now we're just uh, tapping the head of the cigar out on the back of our hand. Again, not something that is, uh, I don't know, required. I never did it until uh, Nick turned me on to this, and now I didn't ha I've never stopped. Yeah, and it's been helpful, honestly. Yeah. I do it all the time. It gets all the crap out of my teeth. And yep. I have stuff floating in my tongue or in my mouth, and definitely has made the experience a little better. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> and uh, I am going to light up with my official Johnny Midas Gold Bar lighter, the uh, unique one of five million in the world, yeah. apparently. One of five million now. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for your actually. You know, thanks for your contribution to humanity. Now, yeah. <laughs> now that uh, lighter's a thing because of you. Yeah, at least it's now it's out in the world. So, <laughs> um, and anyway, I, this is a soft flame butane, and yeah. you've got a what? Single flame torch. Single flame torch that looks like a legitimate rocket. It's actually pretty cool. It looks a, like a lightsaber. Yeah, it's got a fucking huge bottle opener, and then oh, <laughs> that's um, that's that uh, shit. What is that brand? Uh, yeah. blue right like blue rhino something like that yeah yeah it's the it's their like what do you call that um like norm normal person division non-commercial division right like household goods yeah division. yeah they have two so i bought this at rural king which yep. rural king sells both this and the uh, you know the soldering yep. torch so and they're not much right no this was nine dollars yeah i was gonna say they're this like nine or freaking ten bucks awesome man yeah. Now, it can't fit in your pocket, but it's fucking awesome. Sure it can. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and get this lit. I think I might be at it. I think I'm out of butane. Oh man, I might have to switch over to my Rocky Patel Paleo three flame, good old fashioned triple torch, and I am toasting this closed foot, and now I'm gonna puff on it before I light anything right. else. Something that I learned from uh, Spicy Francisco. <laughs> yeah, he said if they put a closed foot on it, it's because they want you to taste just the wrapper leaf. Right? <clears throat> so that was interesting. First couple of puffs there, which was just the wrapper leaf. And one of the things I like about this, doing it this way, is um, then when I taste the full light... Um, I can pick out the wrapper from that new flavor. And as always, we remind you, toasted, not roasted. I'm just holding this flame a nice 
And what am I, four inches away? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Oh, I might be out too. And I am not sucking that flame down into the cigar. You know, I'm just letting it toast. And uh, I was talking to somebody about this last week, you know, and they're like, I mean, come on. You know, how, how is it any different than lighting a cigarette, you know? And, of course, this person's not a... Very different. Cigar smoker. Very right? different. Um, when but it, they're, they're trying to get into cigars. Well, so what happened was they were smoking cigarettes for years, and then they switched over to those, like, um, cigarette cigars, cigar cigarettes. And, um, yeah. And then, you know, they light the same as a cigarette, basically. But they wanted to try a cigar, I guess, over the holidays with, like, their uncle or something or grandpa. Okay. And they were... <coughs> They were really having some trouble with it. Um, and so I was explaining toasted, not roasted. Yeah. Ab- apparently, they basically tunneled it like by hmm. sticking a jet flame into the end of it. Like right up su- into it? Yeah, <laughs> like sucking the flame in. Um, mm. Anyhow, uh, I told him, go take a piece of bread, take your butane torch, and toast the bread with the torch. That's the best, fastest way to learn how to toast a cigar. Right. Literally, go take a piece of bread and turn it into toast with a butane torch. When you can do that, you can light your cigar. It's the same thing. I like the burn line right off the bat. Yeah, I got a pretty decent burn line, so I've got a couple of puffs on here. A little wood, a little cedar, spice right off the bat. Yeah, some cedar and spice, and then... There's something sweet in there too. I'm not sure what. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm tasting. Right at like the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can't tell. I I I I, I notice it, but I can't tell. Yeah, it's a little little mm. hint of sweet, but it's kind of like. Uh, it's almost like a. You know when you say that whiskey has a caramel finish. Yeah. Like it's sweet like that, like. It reminds me a little bit of like a caramel finish on a whiskey, which is not the same as caramel. No. Right? Um, really interesting. Yeah, there's a little bit of um, green wood. So like uncured Spanish cedar with, um, I would say, some allspice. Little, um, very, very faint hint of cocoa, like chocolate. Not cocoa, but just like a little. Yeah, a little cho- hint of that. Um, some pepper, mm-hmm. and like I said, there's a little creamy sweet on the on the back, but it's kind of like the caramel finish on a whiskey. It's just there to just kind of like, you know, almost you can't put your finger on it, kind of thing, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. And yep. it's it. You're right. It's on the the back of the the palate as it like comes the over the palette. yeah. I would say probably uh, mid-body right now. Yeah. Smooth. It really is. I know. Uh, a little creamy. Yeah. That might be overused in the cigar industry, but that word, smooth. Smooth. But this one is. I'll tell you what. There's some really good cigars that I would not characterize as smooth. No. Um, the Padron 1926 is a top smoke for me. I would not describe that as smooth. <laughs> it's just not. 
Very robust. It's robust, yeah. Yeah, it's smooth the way that Ray Lewis is smooth. Like, he can move fast, and he's more coordinated than I am, but that's not the first thing that comes to yeah. mind. <laughs> so, uh, it's like Muhammad Ali, then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, move like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Emphasis on the stinging like a bee, bee thing. Yeah. Well, that that is a really, really good taste right now. Like, um, you know how, like, different cigars kind of occupy different places. If we If we put our... Um, cigar smoking experience like in a spectrum you can kind of break it up into buckets right and so you have the padron-esque cigars and I would put like the Korea Pledge in there Um, you know that's one bucket then you have like your oh I don't know your um, Ashton Connecticut right on the other end and you got a whole bucket of Connecticut cigars that go in there right and then in between you have like these are your nutty you know, woodsy cigars. Yeah. These are like your sweet, sweet or chocolatey cigar. You know, so you have these different buckets. And what I like about this one is, I'm not quite sure which bucket it goes in. Yeah, not yet. You know, maybe, like yeah, maybe halfway. We'll see. Yeah, like it's intriguing. I guess to put yeah. it that way. Um, I like the um, flavors, like the, yeah. I guess, complementary nature. Yeah, the like, flavors in it right now. Yeah, like uh, have you smoked the Perla del Mar? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what bucket to put that one in either because it's like this weird, unique. Which one, the Maduro or the? The Maduro. Yeah, yeah, it is different. It doesn't it, smoke like a regular Maduro, no. does it? Yeah. Very floral, this one I would say. A little floral. On this uh, thin white line? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, not smoky as it sits, but like the smoke output while you're puffing away. Yeah, it's above average. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a good amount of smoke coming out. And it's a regular Toro uh, size. What is this, a 6x54? Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. We need, like, a ring gauge. They make those, don't they? Yeah, actually, I have one. Ah. I have a... It's like... Um, it goes from, like, 6 to 15, I think. So, it's for, like, hand rings. So, it wouldn't mm-hmm. work on this because it's too small. Right. So, I need to get a... Similar set, but like for uh, for cigars. Yeah, I know. Um, I think I forget who has like the uh, <clears throat> the ring gauge is on the back of the magazine. I'm not sure if it's Thompson Cigar or CI, but on the back of the magazine, it has all the uh, ring gauges, true to size, on the image. Yeah, but I think like you know you could put the you could put the foot on there maybe. Yeah. But uh, uh, I would I want I want something to slide over it. Yeah, you know I agree. So this is the Fat Boy Cigars Boots on the Ground um, th- Thin White Line. Currently shows out of stock uh, on the website. You know these are limited editions. Um, the the retail on this is eight dollars, which I think is a phenomenal price. Uh, so this is a six and a half by fifty six and. Like uh, like you said, when it's just sitting there, like you can kind of see the smoke coming off it, you know, kind of light and faint. But then when you puff on it, you know, it's a it's a good mouthful of smoke. It's not the smokiest cigar, but it's definitely above average. Yep. Yeah, I was looking at their website uh, right before Christmas. I was thinking of picking something up. 
All the good shit was gone, man. The uh, the Thin White Light and most of their series, or uh, just the Thin Line series was gone. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I wanted to try the Thin Red Line, and nope, gone. Yep. And the uh, Jack 2 was gone. I was like, well, no Christmas for me then. Yeah, shout out uh, to Fat Boys for hooking us up. Um, and of course, yeah, check out fatboycigars.com. Um, if you're looking to pick up some really high quality, I mean, every cigar we've had from them is good. Oh yeah. And they're just super affordable. Um, but, uh, this, uh, particular thin white line, um, six and a half by 56 and, uh, it's a Nicaraguan Habano outer leaf. The, uh, binder and filler is Nicaraguan. So this is a Nicaraguan Puro. Um, and like we said, you know, it's. It's much more common to get a Nicaraguan Puro than any other country. Yeah. Um, just because they make so many different types of tobacco, you know. Um, so, yeah. I think um, definitely like a, a green green cedar, uh, floral, um, touch, sure. touch of spice, touch of cocoa, and then some kind of like creamy caramel sweet, but it's just like just a, just a touch I'm about an inch in, and as it's coming out of my nostrils, I'm starting to get like a woodsy, slightly vegetal mm-hmm. yeah. flavor out of it now. Yeah, I was going to say vegetal bitter. Yeah. I think that green, I think the cedar turned into Spanish cedar, which yeah. is really cypress, turned into green cedar, turned into cypress and vegetal. Yeah. Vegetal bitter is what we call that, yeah. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, that's a good flavor. This is a. This is kind of like a. Um, I don't know a. Multi-purpose player, with the taste right now. We're like, I can see having this in the morning with coffee. Yeah, I can see having it after lunch. Probably not your post-steak dinner. No smoke, but um, definitely like lounge, uh, grilling. Yeah, um, it's a good. Most anything. Yeah, like the flavor profile isn't going to clash with a lot of stuff. No. Speaking of clashing, uh, we are smoking this along with our usual coffee. And are you? do you drink your coffee black? Uh, not true black, but mostly black. I've been cutting down on the amount of sugar. Usually I've been using what's called Truvia, which is Stevia. And I've been, like if I have a regular cup size like this, what is it, six, uh, 12 ounces? Yeah, yeah. I was doing four packs of those. Now I'm down to two. Okay. So I'm trying to get closer to the true, you know, black. Okay. So I haven't used creamer in years. So El Fumo is not true black. He's um, partially black. Um, <laughs> what? what? Wait a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>, coffee. <laughs> uh, so I drink mine black, um, and we are drinking 2C coffee. So... Uh, Fat Boy sent us this little Christmas package. It was so nice of him. And Teresa from, or sorry, Teresa from Two C Coffee, um, included a couple of yeah. packets for us uh, to try out. And this is their Rise and Grind. There's also Big Baller in there. Big Baller. Um, Why didn't we smoke that? That is so like. Well, we didn't smoke it because we smoked the cigars and drank the coffee. Yeah, drink the cigar. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have uh, not had alcohol for the record. Not yeah, yet, yeah, at least liar. Uh, um. 
But I'm surprised we didn't drink that first big baller. I didn't read that pack. I was like, that is such a Johnny Midas coffee. Yeah, yeah. Big baller. <clears throat> it needs to come in a gold package. But right. Other than that. Gold foil um, or something. So uh, I'm I'm liking this coffee. Uh, yeah. I guess since mine's black, I'll I'll kind of run the commentary on it. Uh, smooth, not bitter. Um, yeah, it's just good. It's good. It's good. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. It's not Folgers. I can tell you that. Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely not Folgers. Uh, yeah, I'm not really the best at like, I don't know, coffee tasting notes. Yeah, um, I'm not a. I oh, love drinking the shit out of coffee, but I can't dissect it. Oh yeah, like it's it's smooth. And it has good legs on it, so it's oily. Yeah. Um, it's not bitter. So um, you're saying it has sexy legs? It's got sexy legs, and <laughs> it's it's on the sweet side yeah. for coffee. Um, really good uh, breakfast coffee, I think. I like it. It tastes like it's probably high caffeine. Um, yeah. So That's what it says. Uh, that, uh, what was that? Sumatra or something like that? It says it on there? Yeah, house breakfast blend plus Robusta for extra caffeine. Robusta, yeah. Yep. Um, this is a two ounce pack, two ounce sample pack, French roasted co- or fresh roasted coffee from 2CPremium.com. Um, if you guys want to check it out, 2CPremium.com. Uh, free plug for uh, Teresa. Really appreciate you sending this down and goes with this cigar. Yeah. We'll drink coffee. Any coffee anybody wants to send it our way, we'll drink it. If you're a roaster, send it our way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, man. I'm really liking the flavor pickup on this cigar. little almondy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's getting getting a little almonds in there. It's changing so much. It, it is. is insane. It is. And what I really like about it is, uh, you know, it's it's medium body to where I can retrohale all the time. Yeah. And pick up extra nuances, you know? I, I honestly retrohale all my cigars now. Do you? Yeah. It just... Yeah, I'm pretty... Uh, I retrohale a lot, but it depends on the cigar. You know, like I said, the... Padron 1926 Principe, which is, you know, that's enough cigar, yeah. that cigar. Um, that's one of my favorites for strong cigars. I, I can't. Like, it will singe my nose hairs. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's just rough. Um, I actually learned a lot from Francisco because he's the one that told me, start doing that. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, dude, that guy just can't steer you wrong. Dude, he is, he, like, his level of passion for the leaf is amazing. Yeah. You know. I'm sorry that we sound like fanboys and cat tops quoting him, but it's like when you start to know him on a personal level and he just like that's what you talk like he never runs out of things to talk about to it's yeah. always something new every time you talk to him. Well I I'm sure if we met some of the other guys in the industry right. you know, we'd we'd kinda have the same takeaway. Um but man, I just appreciate like he's yeah. so open and warm. Right. He just he loves this. Of course he was on the podcast. Yeah. You know? Um and so he's appreciate just that. Very accessible too. Yeah, that's yeah. the one thing. Uh, not that the other guys aren't on purpose accessible, but you know they're busy and yeah, yeah. it it kind of is a celebrity status, and I'm sure it's everybody just oh you know. But, I'll say this though, uh, this cigar like it's a little stronger than it feels. Like I'm starting to feel a little like I'm smoking a cigar. You know, lightheaded is probably too strong of a a word, but uh, mm. packs. Feel the buzz. Packs, yeah, packs a little buzz in there. A little buzz. Yeah. All right, so we have got this 
thin white line from Fat Boy Cigars lit, and we are smoking the first third. This is a six and a half by fifty-six Bejique Cubanesque cigar. It has a Nicaraguan Habano outer leaf and one hundred percent Nicaraguan binder and filler, Nicaraguan puro. And uh, with that, it is time for our tobacconist tip of the week. El Fumo, take it away. And now your tobacconist tip of the week with Angel Solorio. All right, tobacconist tip of the week. So uh, we talked about this this past Thursday uh, about lighting, and then you recently, I, you recently learned because I told you uh, Zippo is from Erie, mm-hmm. PA. So it's not, yep. it's far but not far. <clears throat> uh, some people we were just talking about, you know trying to light your cigar in a pinch or you know what you use to light your cigar normally i just prefer a torch just because how easy it is and you know you've talked about it temperature and flame control um definitely don't use a zippo or any lighter fluid uh type of lighter because right. it will right. change the flavor and ruin your cigar um i've done it yeah i've lit a cigar with a zippo and it was so bad i actually cut the cherry off and started yeah. over and what i did what i did was all i had access to was a zippo yeah. it was, i was on vacation i had the cigar and you know getting the cigar was like you had to find the guy on the beach with the backpack yeah and uh you know i didn't want to hunt down for a second cigar or something and i'm like i'm gonna make it work and so i found a piece of wood and i lit that and then lit the cigar with the wood and then i was like you're such a fucking idiot why didn't you do this the first time <laughs> you know ruin the whole cigar yeah but you are dead nuts on that one. Like, you just, you can't. It's fucking kerosene, and it tastes like yeah. campfire gas. So stick to your butane, because it's filtered, and the butane flavor, you know, the... It the, burns 100%. Right. Butane, like, burns 100%. Yeah, it's efficient. Yeah. It's more efficient than the uh, lighter fluid, because that's it's just lighter fluid. It's not filtered. It's, you know, it's just too light. Yeah. Uh, it works with a cigarette, obviously, who cares yeah. what you light a cigarette with? But uh, this is a cigar. So, yeah, you don't want. And these tobacco leaves um, are sponges. Definitely sponges because they'll soak up the environment too. Mm. So storage is also um, important. We're, I won't name the certain place that <laughs> stored their cigars in a freshly painted room. and Freshly varnished. Varnished room. Oil-based. All the cigars that they had in that quote-unquote humidor taste it's almost as bad as taking like zep white lightning and <laughs> mopping the entire floor of your cigar lounge right before you open up for the day <clears throat> no comments um well awesome angel thanks for that uh tobacconist tip of the week so yeah uh, avoid the zippo they're cool i, I know people that collect them uh, yeah. they make inserts for them yeah that contain butane Yep. Um, so if you're, you know, if you have that special Zippo that your grandpa had in World War II or something, you can actually enjoy it and use it. You can take the guts out and put a butane. Yeah. It's like a cartridge thing that goes in there, um, and still have that exterior. Or you can do what I do and just have your cool Zippos in some place, you know, to look at. And, yeah. And then use a regular torch to light your cigars. That's right. <laughs> you know, you don't have to have just one. Uh, anyway, uh, so, back to this uh, thin white line, and of course we are drinking the Two C Premium Coffee Rise and Grind along with this, which is a a nice nice flavored uh, coffee to go along with this. Yeah, 
it's going along really well. I will say the strength has picked up. I think the body is still medium. Yep. You know, it's it's pretty smooth and mellow and accessible. Um, but uh, the strength has picked up. Like I said, there's a little buzz. Um, it's not harsh at all, but that's part of the problem, I think, is like, you know, I can take in big mouthfuls of smoke and I can retrohale it and there's no burn. Um, and so the strength kind of sneaks up on you. Yeah. A little buttery now. Yep. Kind of like the... Almond butter. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. It, it, it like evolved. Yes, that is so strange. I think this is the most uh, flavorful cigar I've smoked so far on here. Yeah, yeah, it really is. <clears throat> it's changed so much. The other one was the G two mm-hmm. that changed a lot, and now it's this one. What was the price point on this again? Eight dollars. Eight dollars. Oh, so I'm on uh, Fat Boy Cigars right now, and I'm going to click on the shop tab. And let's see what they have. <clears throat> so we've got the Fat Boys Cigars Jacked Box Press 5x54. And uh, these are listed at $7.90. Um, you have your other Boots on the Ground series. Your uh, Thin Red Line is showing as out of stock. Um, the Jacked Box Pressed Habano Toro 6x54 which I think is probably a size that would be attractive to, to a lot of folks. Yep. $8. So really phenomenal deal. Yeah, they're, they're stuff. There is still some uh, thin green line, 5.5 by 54. This is a Candela-wrapped uh, cigar that is apparently uh, hmm. not, your, not your grandpappy's Candela. <laughs> Those are from seven twenty five. Okay. Um, not a huge fan of Candela's, but I'm willing to try it. Yeah, I, I, I'm really interested. I've had a few really good Candela's, mm-hmm. and then I've had some really bad ones. I don't see like there's a lot of middle ground on that wrapper. Yeah. I think it's hard to nail. What I do like with Candela's is, uh, I forget which cigar you said, but APS makes a really nice uh, triple barber pole, and mm-hmm. it has a Candela on it. The uh, Oh, the Asylum as well. Yep. And the Filthy Hooligan. They've also got a two-pack of the Jacked and the Jacked 2 for 14 bucks. I mean, that's, that's like, not bad. Yeah, that's like the price of one cigar. Yeah. You know? I mean, the shipping will bump it up, what, three or four bucks. But, hey, that's literally what it'll cost you to go to the cigar lounge, to a cigar lounge, to buy a stick anyway. And speaking, gas. Of, speaking of Barber Pole, um, they've got the Patriot, which is the final boots on the ground. This is a um, Torpedo Barber Pole. I dig it. Seven fifty. I love the white ribbon on the, yeah, on the foot. That's cool. And it's a Nicaraguan puro as well. So really interesting. It's got a um, red line Maduro leaf and a blue line Connecticut leaf uh, barber pulled together. So kind of cool. This is such an enjoyable smoke. Yeah, it really is, and I feel like. Um, I feel like uh, when we talk about use case or whatever, yeah, like you could enjoy this in a lot of different settings. Absolutely, know? and you could give it to a friend who might not be like that into cigars, and they can uh, smoke it without getting knocked out. Oh yeah, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, yeah. I mean, this is not a light light cigar, and it's picked up in strength and and body. I'd I'd probably peg it mid full right now, and we're like what just into the second third. Yep. I'm almost into the final third. Nah, you're like halfway. 
getting there. I'm a little further. <laughs> further than I am. Yeah. Angel's just over here enjoying his cigar while I do all the talking. Thanks. You know, I sacrifice a lot for the show. <laughs> so we were talking about uh, conspiracy theories oh. earlier in the week. Now, <clears throat> there is Conspiracy Theory Thursday yep. here at Union Cigar Hanover, and that's what, the last Thursday of third every month? Third Thursday of the month. Third, third Thursday of every month. And if I remember correctly, don't you get a discount if you wear a tinfoil hat? Yeah, tinfoil like, yeah. hat. <laughs> if you wear a tinfoil hat, you'll get a discount. So get that ball cap that you don't wear, wrap it in tinfoil, coming out to uh, Union Cigar Hanover on the third Thursday of every month at 7 p.m. And uh, share your your baddest, darkest conspiracy. <laughs> uh, they, I'll tell you, I've heard some doozies. Now, my take on conspiracy theories is... You know, there's very few actual conspiracies. Yeah. Um, now, the definition of a conspiracy is two or more individuals engaged in uh, illegal be- uh, behavior uh, secretly. Yeah. That's that's it. And uh, when it comes to government conspiracies, the problem is it requires two things. It requires secrecy and competence. And the government doesn't have either of those. No. So no. I think that my, my take <laughs> is that most conspiracy theories involving the government can be chalked up to stupidity and incompetence rather than yeah. a, a cabal of super secret, really intelligent guys that you know are, are hiding aliens from us or something. But I've got uh, a conspiracy or two up my sleeve. Um, Some of them can you, be really fun. You, I, I like you a good one, fun. right? Yeah. Go ahead. You, share oh, you, you want me to share that yeah, one? Okay. You go first. Not that it's... I was just reading into it this morning and it, it just sounded fun. So apparently on January 1st in Miami, um, I forget the name of the mall. It's Bay something, but there's a call for, this is what the official police report was, uh, uh, for juveniles starting a riot slash fight at a mall. And the police response was quite the affair because it was literally probably the whole department. And how many, how many cars responded? I want to say from that video that I saw, but that's only one side, it was at least 50 cars. 50 cars. 50 cars. Maybe one for, to two deep, you know. For juveniles fighting. Fighting at a mall. Okay. But apparently the internet is having fun with this one, and they're saying there was reports of eight to ten foot tall alien dark figures. That would explain why the cops had to send out so many cars. Right. Yeah. And, but, was there like a SWAT man or something? No, uh, not that I saw. Like I said, the one video. There's only one video so far. Apparently somebody had posted a video but then took it down immediately because they It's didn't. a conspiracy. They yeah. told him, if you don't take it down, That's right. you're going to Rikers. <laughs> <laughs> That's about a few hundred miles away from Miami. but Whatever. <laughs> but yeah. I just thought it was fun. I was like, ooh. So I started digging in- into it. <clears throat> and just so far, I mean, it's it's still pretty fresh. So, I'm, you know, how investigations legitimately work with police departments. They can't release a lot of information until it's done. So I think that's part of the part where people are like, ooh, they're yeah, hiding let's, something. Let's, let's fill in the blanks before we <laughs> know anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if it is aliens, how fun would that be? I don't know. How fun would it be? Pretty fun. Pretty pretty fun? (laughs) Uh, Unless you're talking about our alien friends from down south, which there are plenty in Miami. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, that's interesting, you know, uh, especially given, like, the climate right now with police response and stuff. It does seem extremely out of, you know, proportion 
yeah. to what was reported. And now maybe they were under the impression it could escalate to an active shooter situation right. or something. And malls are huge, and they wanted to have yeah. you know officers at every exit to help people out. It's, I don't know. I mean, Miami is a massive city. Yeah. So it's like I think the response was probably appropriate because they wanted you know the maximum amount of personnel there to not only a have people control the inside but also control the outside well and you know post uvaldi and stuff oh yeah he had some major fuck-ups it's like yeah i think they needed to step their shit up so yeah and uh not only here's the uh here's the countervailing conspiracy is somebody was doing something like robbing a bank and they called this in to get all the police over there. Right. Once the police were off the street, they pulled off their heist. Right. So, and the aliens were helping them. The, pull off the aliens were helping them rob the bank. <laughs> uh, you know, this is more fun with alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> it would be. But that's what I said. It's like conspiracy theories. Okay, you don't have to be a nut job to like them. It's they're just fun. They can be fun sometimes. You can have fun with them. That's why they're called conspiracy theories. Yeah. So uh, my conspiracy is um, older, darker, deeper, and it is the uh, conspiracy theory of the lost civilization of Tartaria. So I guess uh, when you go to like Western Asia, Eastern Europe in Russia, right, you had this uh, massive empire that kind of started with the Mongols, right, and you know, you had Genghis Khan and you know, this uh, conquer the world thing going on. And um, basically, uh, this this theory is that there was a founding civilization of humanity called Tartaria. And up until, I don't know, the 1850s or something, that whole area was referred to as Tartaria. The Tartars, you've probably heard of them. Um and uh, there is, you know, definitely some, like, archaeological evidence for whoever lived there before. Um, the conspiracy theorists will say that uh, Gobekli Tepe and Karahan Tepe and these sites in Turkey are part of that empire. And they are very old. You know, yeah. they're 11,500 before present, you know, 9,000 B.C. or so. Um, and the conspiracy is that they were wiped out in this... Uh, global mud flood that just buried everything in dirt and that uh you know the usual characters like the illuminati and the roman catholic church and everybody else that's big and powerful um have basically decided to like remove that from human history yeah because uh, it doesn't work um so this this conspiracy theory is complete bullshit you can easily deconstruct it and people have online but it's a really fun one you know this Lost civilization that did a lot of stuff, and uh, you know, the uh, I think for me though personally, like what's uh, interesting about like this conspiracy is we have done that with so many yeah. things. It just was was never a conspiracy. For example, the even the mod like the modern American because it's not the same in South America or Europe, but American archaeology, like our story of native Mesoamericans, like yep. the Inca, the Maya, um, Toltecs, Olmecs, you know, go down the list, is like, you know, brown people running around in butt flaps who slapped <coughs> some stones together and... and Called humans, it a day. <laughs> yeah, and had human sacrifice. Yeah. And, you know, and that was it. And when, in fact, uh, 
not only were the Mayans, for example, uh, very advanced, like in their astronomy and mathematics, you know, it, and then the, the Spanish came in and burned, you know, we know of, what, 57 codices they burned. I think we only have four left. Right, the Mayan codex. Yeah. And then <clears throat> other estimates are like in the thousands, like 2,000 uh, codices that were burned. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it wasn't like a conspiracy so much as you had a a racist understanding of humanity at the time. Yeah. And it was so bad that, um, you know, a couple of the explorers came back from Mesoamerica, like from Bolivia, because they were they were fighting over rubber, the rubber <clears throat> plantation. They came back and they're like, we found these ancient ruins and pottery and, and you know, it reminds us of the pyramids and these guys were yeah. super advanced. And, you know, they got shouted down. You know, like, you can't say that. It's okay to take all of this stuff because these people aren't evolved. Right. I mean, that's literally what the argument yeah. was. Which know? is funny. Uh, the equivalent modern European city was nowhere near as advanced as a Mesoamerican city at the time. Yeah, with like indoor plumbing <clears throat> and indoor toilets and stuff. And, and the cleanliness alone. Yeah, and cleanliness. They yeah. didn't have a black plague, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, so... The idea of covering up a civilization could actually happen. That Just, is true. It probably wouldn't be a conspiracy. It would be the like natural outcome of, you know, the winners write the history. Yeah. You know? Yeah, kind of like the conspiracy that there's no such thing as Armenians. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to hound on you on that one. Yeah. That was there, was, there was no Holocaust. There, uh, there was no... 75% of the Armenian population just died. No, they left. They, you know. uh, they, they just died. <laughs> um, yet... Um, some really, really interesting stuff, too, while we're on the topic of the Maya. Um, you know, the Creek Indians are yeah. Mayan. Yep. Like, 75% of their language is Maya. And then what sealed the deal was archaeologists found this mound, and it's partial stone construction, but they used a lot of earthworks yep. back then. And in this stone construction, it has the uh, blue pigmented cement that is only found in Mayan architecture in one region. And so they did a you know, chemical analysis, and yep, it's the same stuff. Yeah. So these, the Creek Indians, which are like in Georgia. Yeah, in the US, southern U.S. Yeah, like they were, they're literally Mayans, and their, like their culture, their received tradition, yeah. their oral history is they were commoners, because, you know, the, the Maya had a very uh, aristocratic structure, kind of like Europe did at the time. And uh, these were commoners who were like, fuck you guys, we're going to go go west, you know, just like, all of these um, Americans went west that didn't have any real prospects back east, right? You know, to try to try their luck or whatever. And so the the Creek is like a democratic republic, like their structure of the tribe. You know, they they vote for a wartime chief and a peacetime chief, at, but they they have both chiefs at all times. It's just whoever takes precedent depends on you know so, socioeconomic factors at the time. Um, so really interesting. Um, you know, apparently the, you know, the different uh, people groups were doing what people do. Yeah. You know, moving around, settling, exploring, stuff like that. The Shoshone are also um, heavily influenced by, if not descendant from the Mayan. I think 25% of their language is Mayan. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, look at southwestern uh, U.S. Mm -hmm. Like the Puebla people, man, they were making cities, well, towns on the edges of... Uh, Mountains, it's fucking bizarre. The yeah. Pueblo are bizarre because they, yeah, they have these amazing 
stone dwellings that they carved into the side of cliffs. Yeah. But they have stones there that we know where they got them from. And it was like 200 miles away over rough terrain. And we still don't know how they transported them. Right. So, you know, and the... um, It was the aliens. It was the aliens. The explanation for the Egyptian pyramids is, oh, copper tools on stone. Well, we know that doesn't work. So what the hell did the Pueblo people use to carve out the stone? You can't say copper because they weren't mining copper. I don't know. know. I don't know. That, a, that, we're, that we're aware of, you know, the Native Americans weren't metallurgists, so. Yeah. Well, the, the metal question is difficult only because metal is so valuable that it's constantly reused. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the reasons we only have gold and silver artifacts from the past is they're purely ornamental. Yeah. You know, they're not strong enough to do anything with. <clears throat> and so they're used for jewelry and right. currency, and so they last. But, you know, if you had, like, uh, there's actually, there's a passage in the Bible about beating your plowshares into swords yeah right now i don't know the context of that particular thing but that's what people used to do back then it's like if you have metal you use it and you reuse it you need swords you're not starting a fucking iron mine to make your weapons it's gonna be too late you know to take your existing metal and repurpose it like the aztecs and the mines they used uh uh, for their cutting tools was obsidian you Mm -hmm. know sharp obsidian like rock glass Yeah. yeah they weren't using metal Super effective too, like yeah, crazy sharp. They use obsidian skinning knives to this day. Like, yeah, there's no reason not to. You know? Yeah, you know, gold, gold for them was just another trinket. Yeah, yeah, so, that wasn't very useful. You know, yeah, maybe yeah. Johnny Midas should take a lesson from that. Johnny Midas built his pyramid out of gold. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Johnny Midas did. While speaking about himself in the third person. That's right. Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, yeah, conspiracy theories, conspiracy theory Thursday. Stop by if you want to get your mind blown. Um, Speaking and, of gold uh, real quick, your gold hand didn't break, but everything else did. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knocked the golden Johnny Midas <laughs> statue off the table, and now I just have a hand with a cigar, and everything else broke. I'll have to insta that. Um, hard to believe uh, we're this deep into the podcast we're 50 minutes in so oh wow we are going to take a break keep your dial locked in to the gold golden dulcet tones of johnny midas's golden palette we will be right back And uh, Angel, what have we got for Cigar News of the Week? And now your Cigar News of the Week with Angel Solorio. So, <clears throat> Tatuaje is going to be releasing their 10th anniversary Kappa Special. It is a newly limited edition variation. It uses Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper while the binder and filler still come from Nicaragua. Interesting. You so, know me and my... Ecuadorian Sumatra. That's right. So they're going to have a few different sizes. Uh, five and three quarter by 48 and five and three eighths by 52. So eh. they must be using the same mold as the uh, crowned heads meal kicks. Yeah. That. 
weird fraction mold. Yeah. yeah. I haven't had a Tatuaje in a while. They're pretty good. So. We had the we smoked the monster, I think. Um we smoked it for the podcast and I don't think that episode came out. Like I the the audio was dead, so we did couldn't air it, but it was pretty good. Yeah. So you're only gonna have three thousand boxes of each of each? Phase two redux. That's yeah. what we smoked. Okay. And so there's gonna be six thousand boxes total. Nice. So limited edition, get your hands on it. I definitely want to try at least one. Tatuajes are the shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We tend to like him. Um, he's one of those, uh, Pete Johnson's one of those interesting guys where he's, he reminds me of Sokka. Like, both of those guys, they just make a cigar they like. And then they're like, you know, we're going to make as many as we can. And you're going to pay whatever we have to to make money on this. But it's a damn good cigar, you know. What else? Any other uh, news for the week? Not really. That, that was pretty much it. Light, uh, light cigar news and that's kind of typical like this time of year there's not too much by the end of the month we'll start getting more and more announcements you know for later in the year yeah there's it's the beginning there's not much going on yeah it's cold it's cold here still hot there luckily (laughs) great time of year to take a tour of a cigar farm you know down in nicaragua or something you know kind of get out of your get out of your snow and weather and Go somewhere warm. Of course, it's cold for them, you know. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we appreciate that. News of the week. El Fumo. Um, why don't we get back to this cigar? And before we uh, rank it, why don't you tell me, uh, you know, you're just about ready to start your final third. Tell me what uh, what you're going through right now. So since the last time I said anything, the uh, <clears throat> still getting that buttered flavored out of it it stayed consistent through so far not much has changed still getting a little of that spanish cedar mm-hmm. uh the pepper has for me has gone away the mm-hmm. peppery not much spice but the the strength and body has also picked up. <clears throat> yeah the nicotine i can All feel right. it yeah so i think the uh I think the cedar is still there, um, and it it does have that, you know how cedar has that sort of spiced component to it? Okay. It's got like that element, and then I think that, that like almond, almond butter, I think it has evolved into cashew butter. Cashew butter. On the palate, yeah. Um, it's got that, that uh, sweet and savory sort of cashew flavor in there. A um, little bit of vegetal bitter in there. Um yeah, the the pepper and spice has kind of gone away. Um, the uh, floral component is really muted. It's kind of kind of been swallowed up by the other flavors, and it's kind of like settled down into this, um, you know, kind of sweet and savory uh, cigar that would really go well with like uh, eggs in purgatory or bre- other breakfast foods. Okay. Um, Maybe after a club sandwich, something like that. Good smoke output. Yeah, definitely. Again, not a stinky cigar either. Oh, not a stinky cigar. Not going to have to go home and hose down in the garage while your wife yells at you. She throws lie at you. (laughs) Yeah, as as she throws bars of soap at you from across (laughs) the room. Or or husband. There are women that listen to this podcast too, so... Want to be uh, as inclusive as possible. 
Um, but that is a delicious cigar, and man, uh, super affordable. And of course, we are uh, pairing this with the 2C Premium Coffee Rise and Grind, which has been a very mellow, smooth, uh, sweet coffee. Yeah, I'm out of my coffee. I think this is the time where we need to talk about a budget for a coffee assistant. Yeah. Anybody out there that wants to be a coffee assistant for us, shoot <laughs> us a DM. We have um, you know, pretty easy to handle requirements, most important of which is Just we ref- need to be able to make fucking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Refill the cups while we're talking. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> be seen and not heard. Uh, all right. So uh, this uh, six and a half by 54 thin white line from Fat Boys Cigars. It has a Nicaraguan Habano wrapper and a Nicaraguan binder and filler. It is a Nicaraguan puro. And I would say, you know, it's it's um I mean, it it's definitely more robust near the end, but it it certainly doesn't have some of the punch that Nicaraguan puros yeah. have. You know, like a lot of Perdomo cigars, you know, are stronger than this. Um Yeah, absolutely. This one is uh, much more approachable, I think, for a broader range of folks. Yeah. Well, once you get to this point, it gets stronger. It does, man. This final third, it's like, okay, this is a strong cigar. It sneaks yeah. up on you. I think we both got a little bit of uh, yeah cigar buzz going on. Nicotine buzz. Yeah. So uh, presentation, we mentioned, you know, these don't come in boxes. Um, they do have cello, which is good for retailers. You know, when I'm picking up a cigar in the in the lounge I, I don't like unwrapped or unsellowed cigars because i don't know who's touched it or whatever right it's got this uh nice black yarn that you know kind of represents the boots boot laces yep the dog tag-esque um tag. tag yeah really sharp looking what are your thoughts on presentation i think it's nice yeah uh, it's different because uh i really haven't seen like that where they put uh something on the outside of the cello yeah like it stands out for yeah sure. yeah you know with the uh shoelace and the the tag on the outside so that's different it's unbanded which i i kind of like that because yeah. now you don't have to damage your cigar trying yeah. to unband it yourself yeah. so and it's just less work you got to do but it was a nice stick overall i mean the it looked like a cigar like yeah. the wrapper was nice i think because of the heat a little bit more, it started to look a little bit more oily. Yeah, yeah, as it heated up, kind of excreted a little oil. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like oily, not waxy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what do you think on presentation? Oh, we score now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I'm going to do an eight. Eight on presentation. I, yeah, I have to agree with you. They could do a little bit more with that tag, like something on the back. I think a QR code would be the balls. QR code, yeah. Yeah, just take you right to, right to a purchase page, and a little cigar. Yeah, and a little message of what you know, explaining what the white line is, what the red line, what the blue line. Yeah, and uh, that was one thing that was missing on the website as well. Yeah, Uh, when you look up thin white line, it doesn't say what does this thin white line represent on the sales page. Um, You can find it in the in the website, but not right there. and I got a, I gave it a seven for presentation. Um, good, uh, good presentation. Definitely, you know, hanging in there with the big boys. Um, this does not look like a house blend or something like that. Um, I really like it. So, how about price at eight dollars for this six and a half by fifty four? Yeah, <clears throat> uh, I'm gonna give it an eight. 
it's affordable and it's a lot of stick or well the flavor profile for it it's definitely like it's out of you know it's underpriced yeah yeah i gave it a uh, seven for price and uh i think that uh it smokes above the eight dollar price point yeah so um, 10 on the budget but eight for what it is yeah yeah um i think uh I really think they can charge more for these. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think you know nine fifty. Yeah, is still a budget cigar. Yeah, and uh, you know, unfortunately, there's a an element in the um, customer base where yeah. you know quality is associated with price to a yeah. certain extent, and, and we do it all the time. You know, yeah. with clothes and cars, and why would cigars be any different? Right. You know? So I think it's also cheaper because it technically doesn't come in a box. You just get them in a bag. Oh. So they're saving. They're saving. So they're passing the savings on to you. Mm-hmm. How about uh, how about construction? What have you got there? We'll give it a nine. This is a beautiful looking stick. It's held together. Uh, I like the closed foot on it. Mm-hmm. Definitely smoking that wrapper was pretty good. And the uh, pigtail, I just kind of just chopped it off. Yeah. It was aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, it was aesthetic. Um, yeah, the aesthetic is good. I do. I love the closed foot, and I had a nine for construction as well. Like there's, there's. It, I typically start with ten and go from there, mm. and uh, you know, you had like a little bit of issue with wrapper leaf cohesion in the r- right near the head, right. Yeah. So as you got to the final third, you're starting to flake apart. Yeah, um, I just got one little flake, but as far as the cap, the cap part is staying together you know the head is it hasn't unwrapped so you can see the uh cap leaf here on mine and it's perfect you know there's no air bubbles there's no little flap to tongue anything like that um it's just burned well and uh the smoke output you know it is good it hasn't like sometimes a cigar will get a hot spot you know anything like that nope just solid smoke all the way through so i know a nine is a kind of a high rating yeah, uh, for construction, but it just earned it. Like it's a well constructed cigar. Definitely. All right. Well, that brings us to flavor, and uh, man, I had a lot of fun with this cigar. What What are your thoughts on flavor? Uh, I want to might be a little much, but I want to give it a ten only because the amount of flavor you got out of it, and it's a budget stick. You know, it changed in the first third was one flavor, and then the second third changed to another. And that was I like that, you know. Yeah. Get, yeah. It's like smoking two or three cigars at a time in one. Yeah, definitely kept kept my interest. I gave it an eight for uh flavor. I think it's accessible to a lot of folks. You know. I'm trying to think of some of the friends I have and like their palate and stuff. I know a couple of guys where, you know, it's probably not like robust enough for them. You know, they're always smoking the Padron three thousands and stuff. Yeah. Um but I do like also the the strength picked up, you know, as you went through. Might be a surprise to some folks because it it does start out like up on you. Yeah. mellow and smooth, and then it definitely picks up steam and says, "By the way, I'm a Nicaraguan cigar." Yeah. You know, as you go through. I think your friends would like it once they get halfway through the stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like okay, I I can I can dig this. Yeah, this final third is rob- robust. Definitely, I almost said robust. 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 It's, it's robust. a robust. Um, all right. And then, uh, you know, our most subjective, but I think most important rating is experience, you know, yeah. your experience with the cigar. So, 
you know, we often talk about use case when we talk about experience. Well, our experience is always top notch because we have two good dudes that love cigars that have, you know, reasonably developed palates that can talk intelligently about cigars. Can we? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> um, and sometimes we're dimwits. But, you know, uh, we're, we're here in the hot box. Yeah. You know, the set and setting is right. Um, there's not some idiot in the lounge talking about the wrong sports team or, or the wrong political team or something yeah. like that, you know. So we're focused on the cigar. Yeah. That always raises our experience here. But where else can you smoke it? So I would say, you know, you could... Uh, rake leaves, walk your dog, do something like that while smoking it, yeah, and not be too worried. First of all, it, it burned well; it stayed lit. Um, yep. <clears throat> you know, it's not expensive, so no. you're not worried about. No, I've I've got to be in a lounge, like you know this this El Septimo that I've got in my box here. When I finally yeah. decide to smoke it, I need three hours set aside yeah. to enjoying a cigar. You know, it's not like that. I think with this Vitola, you can definitely smoke it outside with yeah. some moderate wind. Yeah. I would say probably wouldn't go out. I mean, it's well constructed. I haven't had any issues. I, You know, normally we have to do some maintenance, and I haven't had to do any of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, grilling, football party, yeah. in the lounge, share it with a friend. So what are your thoughts on what's your ranking for experience? I'm going to give it a nine. Ooh, a big nine from uh, El Fumo over here. Yeah, um, yeah, I gave it a nine as well. Um, you know, this is like a cigar smoker's cigar. Like, yeah. you can smoke it. You can smoke it while doing other stuff if you want. But it's just enjoyable. Right. You know, <clears throat> you're getting premium tobacco with great taste. The flavor changes, keeps your interest. Um, just a, a really, really good experience here. So uh, that brings the final ra- rating for this thin white line from Fat Boy's Cigars to 42. Nice. And I think this is the second cigar they've had that ranked in the low 40s. Um, so really, uh, really good showing. Yeah. And I think just highlights, you know, we haven't had a bad stick from them yet. Right. You know, or even mediocre. No, no, yeah. not at all. Um, I was smelling the uh, smoke that I was pushing out and then the smoke that's coming off the cigar. I don't know if you're getting like a smoked meat kind of smell out of that. Yes, absolutely. Like the secondhand smoke. Yeah, the secondhand like smoke. like a smoked meat smell. Which it's is really interesting. pretty cool. So like uh, I said, it's not stinky and it's not an offensive cigar. Yeah. So this is great to smoke around people that aren't yeah. smokers as well. Yeah, agree. Unless they're just lame. So um, touching on the socials. Burnline Podcast is your podcast. You can reach out, burnlinepodcast at gmail.com. No emails this week. No uh, comments on our shows. I feel kind of left out, but um, at Burnline Podcast, Instagram, Facebook now. Yep. Um, Twitter threads, X, whatever. Uh, I think we're on all of them. Instagram's kind of the home, and uh, Facebook's got some good stuff going on now. <clears throat> the aliens so, haven't messaged us yet. So aliens haven't we're messaged us yet. We're waiting, guys. We won't say anything. <laughs> um, did get a few comments on the audio quality from last week. Apologize for that. Yeah. Uh, we should have it all fixed up this week. Um, I don't know because I haven't edited the sound yet. Yeah, well, but hopefully um, it comes out a lot better. We are back to our H6 collector with our Shure S2 Chinese knockoff <laughs> condenser mics with pop filter. So hopefully uh, we've got that problem licked and... Uh, going forward so 
Thank you guys for joining us on Burnline Podcast. For ev- all of you out there on the interwebs, have a great week.